You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Contraception, one of the most progressive and changing fields of women's health as new contraceptive options and the research behind them are continually introduced. What do we, the physicians, need to know to stay up to date? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Renee Matthews, your host, and with me today is Dr. Anita Nelson. Dr. Anita Nelson is a professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the David Geffen School of Medicine at the University of California, Los Angeles. She serves as chief of the women's health care programs, including the healthcare clinic and nurse practitioner program for women's health at the Los Angeles Biomedical Research Institute at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. She is also the medical director for the research division of the California Family Health Council. Dr. Nelson, welcome to our program. Well, thank you, Dr. Matthews. Dr. Nelson, we have recently heard about some very interesting new options in contraception. Recently, one new option has been receiving a lot of media coverage, Librel. Can you tell us a little about Librel and why it's been generating so much buzz in the media? I think Librel is a wonderful step in the evolution of using birth control pills in new and, and wonderful ways. If we turn back the history books, we can look at when the first birth control pill came out, and that is 47 years ago. We got a Novid 10 and that had enough hormones in it to keep an elephant from ovulating. In fact, we have pills today where you can take a whole pack of pills and have less hormone than a woman got in a single pill of Inovid. So a lot of the things that were in the design of the original birth control pill no longer are germane. And, and we look to see, you know, over time the dose of the pills dropped. We got new progestins. The only thing that didn't change was the regimen, that 21 days of active pills followed by 7 days of placebo. When we look back to it and ask ourselves, well, why did they need, why did they put those seven days of, of placebos in to make women have artificial schedule bleeding on a monthly basis? We have to understand that in 1960, there weren't any home pregnancy tests. People didn't have any experience with birth control pills to trust that they would work. And as I said, the high doses of hormones in those pills was enough to make you feel like you were pregnant every day. I mean, 10 milligrams of, of progestin, 150 of, of estrogen. So that built-in scheduled bleed really was a home pregnancy test. And it also reassured women in 1960 that everything was still working. But, you know, as we've moved forward through the years, we've realized that the pill does work. Uh, we count on it for a lot of non-contraceptive health benefits. We use it to regulate a woman's period, to try to reduce the amount of bleeding. But we've also tinkered with it a little bit. For years, we've used it for women who have endometriosis, so they have pain with menstruation, women who want to move their periods around for convenience, you know, they're going on a vacation, a honeymoon is a big one. And we just recently started thinking, oh, hmm, how about every woman? And so we had that first giant step forward with the introduction of seasonal, where there are only four withdrawal periods. Then we've stepped forward with seasonal and made it seasonique, so women don't have seven days without hormones. And Labrella is the last step in the latest step in this evolution gives women 13 packs of 28 days of active pills in every pack. So women conceivably can go for as long as they want without any, any withdrawal bleeding that's being scheduled for them. With the absence of menstruation, will women also have the absence of the premenstrual syndrome? Interesting work done by Patsy Sulak, who uh, looked at women who were having problems on the pill. She begged uh, about 200 of them, before you stop the pill, would you do me a favor and tell me when in your cycle you're having the problems with the pill? And I think you probably already know the answer. During the 21 days of active pills, you know, women had what they had anyway, and what they really suffered was when you took the, the pills away from them. So the headaches, the bloating, the cramping, the need for pain medication, those went up astronomically during the pill-free days. So 
what we're hoping to get when we get women who want to extend the cycles is to eliminate all of that suffering that is really artificially induced. I think it's important when we're talking to our patients about this new ability to reduce menstrual bleeding, as, as patients may think about it, is I think we need to start with them with a concept that when you are not using hormonal contraception, it is really important to report if you don't have your period. This could mean that women without their periods are pregnant or they could have serious underlying medical problems, thyroid disorders, you know, you can just name the whole gamut of things, uh, prolactinomas, or we're concerned they're having anovulatory cycles and may have consequences of, of not having withdrawal bleeding, like endometrial cancer later in life. So all of those things, I think, really need to be validated in a woman's mind. We've spent years telling women they need to have monthly menses, but the rules change when they're on birth control pills because... They're not trying to get pregnant. There's progestin in the pills so that they won't get endometrial cancer later in life. It's one of the protections. And, you know, when they're on the pill, they could have a thyroid disorder, but they'll still have periods. So there isn't that connection that, that would uh, be sort of a red flag or a warning to us. So there's no reason to make the woman have these artificial withdrawal bleeds and to go through that kind of suffering. So that whole constellation of menstrual-related problems may be easily eliminated by extending the cycle and eliminating those periods. When will this drug be on the market? I don't know exactly when the launch date is. I, I'm hearing toward the end of summer, but I'm, I'm not an expert on that. I apologize. I know the buzz around it is, is really kind of interesting. And then, you know, we as practitioners can do this with the existing pills, too. It just costs the patient a lot more money to get those four extra packs in a year. You, as a provider, oftentimes have to jump through hoops to get them access to that, or they have to pay out of pocket. It's an interesting insight. If you look to see the marketing on this, when we first got Seasonique or Seasonel the first time through, women were able to get a whole packet which had three months of birth control in one trip to the pharmacy. I mean, for women, that was a huge step forward. Many women are held hostage and need to go back to the pharmacy every, every month. month. <laughs> yeah, and pay the copay and all of those types of things. And then they get slammed because women are not good at taking pills. If we did that for high blood pressure medicine, we'd, we'd you know, have those sort of same sorts of barriers to care for women. And, and, you know, if you're going on a trip, you can't get your pills early and then you get pregnant, all of these types of things. So the luxury of having to go to the pharmacy at most four times a year was really a benefit from the vantage point of, of the patient. However, from the healthcare third-party payers, it was a loss of copay. And maybe she would slip out of their plan in November, right, as she didn't re-up, and maybe they paid for somebody else's plan with the, the churning of patients. So I think the makers of Labrell looked at this market situation and they said, you know, we're going to give one packet a month. And it is a whole 28 days, which is wonderful, but it is a sort of a compromise. She has to still go back unless she can convince her plan to give her three packs at once. So that there are a couple of subtle differences between this approach and what we saw with season eight or season L. You're listening to Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Renee Matthews, and I'm speaking with Dr. Anita Nelson, and we are discussing women's contraception. You already touched on a little bit with Seasonique, but could you explain even further what exactly Seasonique is? Seasonal, as you may remember, yes. was uh, basically Nordette. It was a pill we've had around for 20 years. A lot of it clinical experience, really good cycle control. And what they did was they packaged 84 pa pills of Nordette in one package and then seven placebos, again, sticking with that traditional seven days off. 
But with a low-dose pill like any of the modern pills today, we know that women start to recruit follicles as soon as they start their withdrawal bleed. I mean, we can see the FSH levels going up, the inhibin B, and that kind of puts women at risk for an unexpected ovulation or for the breakthrough bleeding. And so what was looked at was, well, hmm, why the seven placebo days? Maybe if we slipped a little bit of estrogen into those placebo pills, 10 micrograms of ethanyl estradiol in place of the placebos, maybe it'll be able enough to dampen the FSH and keep the ovarian stimulation down to a minimum, and it works beautifully. So the difference between seasonal, they tweaked it, as I like to say, and made seasonique. So it's the same thing as seasonal but it does replace the placebos with ethanyl estradiol in each of the placebos. Now, this won't affect the breakthrough bleeding in the first three-month cycle, but it has a profound impact the second cycle. So we still need to get women through that first three-month period of unscheduled spotting and bleeding, but remember that we have fewer days of total spotting and bleeding with, with extended cycle than we do by forcing women to have these artificial bleeds every month. Now, if I could, mm-hmm. uh, you and I have been talking about using birth control pills in an extended cycle because you and I understand that this is not really menses. There are patients who want the comfort for whatever reasons of monthly withdrawal bleeding. And for those women, if education doesn't set them free and they want to have regular cycles, we recognize that the pill is still good for them because it will reduce the amount of bleeding that they have and the amount of discomfort. But I would suggest that we do need to look for the, in the lower dose pills, the modern pills, to look at that seven days of placebos as being excessive and really turn our attention to the the packets that come with only four placebos. They just tend to work better in terms of breakthrough bleeding and allow for less chance for breakthrough ovulation. That is another step forward. For women who want to have regular bleeding, then the four days, or we can have women do a first day start with every packet if they can't get the branded pills that have the 24 active pills and the four placebos. Then every month when she starts to withdraw bleed, have her open another pack of pills. Don't keep using the rest of those placebos. There are some of these on the market then? Yeah, there are three brands. The first one that came out was Merced. It had two placebos, 21 active pills, two placebos, and then the last five pills have 10 of ethanol estradiol. And then the two newest ones are packaged with 24 active pills and only four placebos. And those pills are low estrin, 24-4, and YAZ, Y-A-Z. And I know YAZ is often given to women after delivery. Why is that? No, no, we don't give anything with estrogen directly after delivery, honestly, because of uh, hypercoagulability of pregnancy. Maybe when she's coming back for her postpartum check, it's just if you've got a new start patient, the new 24-4 regimen is is really quite a nice way of accommodating a a low-dose pill. You know, and low is good, I guess, and not having the side effects with a breakthrough bleeding as much. Lastly, I have a one surgical option that I that seems to be very new and Eshore. Can you explain if there's any differences in this surgery from the tubal ligation that we learned about in medical school? Eshore is not done through the abdomen. Eshore is a transcervical so procedure, and it doesn't ligate the tube. It's very interesting. Patient is in lithotomy position. It can be done as an outpatient, usually with a little balanced anesthesia, but no uh, general anesthesia is need or, or needed or, or regional. So this is potentially an office procedure. But it is lapar. I mean, excuse me, it's hysteroscopy. And under hysteroscopic visualization, you find the opening to the tube, and you thread a little catheter into that tube. It's a tightly coiled spring. So you pull back the restraining 
introducer, the tube over this little spring, and the spring bounces open and stabilizes against the, the inside of the fallopian tube, very near the ostium, near the opening to, into the endometrial cavity. And what gives the woman sterilization is that inside this little coil, there's some very irritating pet fibers, and it causes her actually to fibrose. The tube ingrows on itself, and over the period of about three months, she will occlude her own tube. Isn't that fascinating? That is. So it doesn't work immediately. She actually has to go back for another procedure, a hysterosopingogram, to make sure that both of her tubes are occluded. But if you can think of patients who might not be good surgical candidates because they've had multiple abdominal surgeries, they have a large panis, so laparoscopy might be challenging, or women with medical problems for whom general anesthesia might be a little dicey, those patients would be wonderful candidates in general for this office-based procedure. I want to thank Dr. Anita Nelson, who's been our guest, and we have been discussing current issues in women's health. I am Dr. Renee Matthews, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.